Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another show of the Johnny King Show. This is your guest, speaker, and host, and everything in between, Johnny (laughs) King. And I'm here with the most female guest I have ever had on the show. The most female. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a title. Yeah. She, uh, she not only has the same last name as me, <laughs> oh, she also right. has a lot of similar genes. And siblings. We don't share actual genes. We have yep, same siblings, same parents. That's crazy. <laughs> as far as we know. Though <laughs> 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 so you never know, right? Touche. 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 And uh, she's tied for being uh, like my number one sister. <laughs> That's crazy because you have both sisters and we're tied. Yeah. I wonder if I'm ever going to edge ahead. Behind, actually. Yeah, I guess it depends on who kicks the bucket first. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, welcome to the Johnny King Show. We're off to a great start. I'm sitting here with my little sister (laughs) here in my my kitchen. And uh, we have so many things that we want to talk about uh, that our list here is so long. So many things. So many things. <clears throat> so let's just talk about um, premarital sex. Yeah. <laughs> First on the no, list. No, let's talk about <laughs> drugs. Let's talk about all the things our mother raised us. I was just going to say, <laughs> mom would not be not, proud right now. Not to want to talk about or go into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, mom. So thanks, Molly mom. is... Uh, Molly is my kid sister. She's the youngest of all five of us siblings. You were born in the 2000s. Goodness gracious. How young do I think I am? <laughs> um, no, I'm an 80s baby. She's an 80s baby. Thankfully. Um, which makes her very attuned to leg warmers. Yeah, actually. And a lot of... Thigh um, masters. Uh, transfer sizing <laughs> is that what it's called <laughs> well, it is now jazzercise yeah jazzercise but no you've watched the video on transfer sizing of course right? i have yeah yeah i do that everywhere that old lady she's <clears throat> that's how i like to grocery shop yeah exactly <laughs> and so uh this this conversation is probably going to be like any other conversation we have uh but better. Which, is, which is great um no it's, it's i think it's cool because you know we don't get to choose our siblings, um, but if I had to choose, <laughs> I would have chosen differently. I was going to say, yeah, for sure. I felt that coming. No, no. I get good. it. I get it. No. It's fine. No, it is pretty cool to have uh, not only uh, a sister in crime, partner in crime, but also best friend in many regards. We've done a lot of things together. It's true. That was a clap <clears throat> for those of you that aren't watching the video. And, we call uh, those high fives, actually. Yeah. But that, I mean, it was a clap with each of us using one hand i mean again genetically it was probably very similar to a clap <laughs> it sounded exactly the it's same a good you thing i'm know. a little loopy yeah those is... those listening on this show <clears throat> they're wondering if they're actually going to get any value out of this and 
actually we no we will no we'll guarantee yeah yeah no i always provide molly always provides you do too thanks yeah appreciate that <clears throat> so let's get right into it yeah let's let's talk about your journey into chasing after your dreams okay let's talk about your decision decision to leave your job mm. your road trip yeah your book writing your dance career your tiny house living your um drug smuggling let's get into all of it the um pole dancing mm. all of the things all the things let's do it yeah let's... take it away all right so when i first started on pole <laughs> it's uh. funny because you can sneak drugs in the pole ah and then when you move the poles don't worry about it anyway okay um so okay. i used to work a corporate job the the long and short story is that i graduated college i first did an outdoor education job um but i already had a corporate job lined up even though at the time it wasn't super corporate it was like four people in an office and we were working on selling hospitality and culinary shoes um which are those like super frumpy anti-slip comfortable shoes mm -hmm. um but what was cool was our company ended up getting bought out or acquired i should say and i moved from denver to santa barbara california with my company and then before i moved here yeah i started it started it yep <clears throat> on my own yep got my first apartment on my own it's very exciting very scary very adult Adulting. it was i figured it out on my own which yeah. i was very proud of yeah um but also the nature of being the fifth child and parents being like all right you got it and i'm like yeah and then I just figured it out. Right. So. Right. Um, this was post mom passing away. Yes. Yes. Mom passed in 06. Oh, yeah. You were still in college. And then I graduated right. uh, a little bit late because I lived in Spain for a bit and that pushed me back. That's right. And bodybuilding. And then I graduated or I walked in 09, even though I'm class of 08. That's right. So, yeah, I was living in Denver 09. So three years. Actually, that was the summer. I was living in Parker mm -hmm. in my little apartment, and that's when we started having family meetings, and then dad came out that summer. It was the summer of 09. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <clears throat> um, Which so I've anyway. talked about in previous episodes. Oh, good. But we could get so into your that, too, know. potentially. So my people. All my people that are listening. All your Which, people. if mom if hadn't mom passed here, away, it would just she'd be, be mom. my only listener. <laughs> Yep. Thanks, hey, mom. mom. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. I got one subscriber, one listener. Hi, Thanks, mom. mom. Yeah. Really glad you're here again today. <laughs> no, dad listens. Oh, he does? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I think it's whenever he accidentally pushes the attempts to listen to Pete's, our brother's show, and he actually gets mine. He's like, oh, yeah. darn it. It's funny because he's like, Molly, did you know Pete has a podcast? I was like, yeah, actually, I had one like years ago. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Yeah. I appreciate that yeah. also. Yeah. Um, it's so, the fish. So many syndrome. children, so many it's, children, it's so many podcasts. Do you remember when we were in India and he couldn't remember either of our birthdays? And then we get on a tour. He's talking to the tour guide and he's like, are you an Aries? Is your birthday in April? And she's like, it is. And you're like, Molly, look at that. He can guess a stranger's birthday, but he can't remember his own kid's birthdays. Yeah. Thanks dad. Yeah. But then again, you know, when mom would get angry, she would get through the whole list of, of family things. members, including Buffy. Buffy the dog, before she got to mine. Well, yeah, because you were never supposed to be in trouble. Right, that's true. She, my name was 
always the top. Yeah. Not always the top. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. So anyway, <laughs> I moved to California. <laughs> um, I ended up working out, working with uh, celebrity chefs, which was super cool. Uh, we designed shoes with them. I got to do some really awesome projects. Oh, we're on video. Mm -hmm. oh. There you go. All right. Um, but yeah, so we did a lot of really cool projects. And I was, what, 23, 24, 25 in that ra range. Spring and chicken. I was uh, sitting at the table with the CEO of a billion-dollar corporation and our president, brand president, and the celebrity chefs. And it was a really cool opportunity as young as I was, as green as I was, I look back now and I'm like, oh man, I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> like my old boss used Who to does? say, he's like, it's like playing organized grab ass in the dark. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> he had a lot of good ones. That's a lot of good ones. Yeah. 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 Slicker than snot on a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> Quieter than a mouse's fart on a pillow. Oh. Yeah. I used like, to write them down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was Stuart Jenkins, who actually also prompted or helped support Lewis Howes in his career. That's right. Yeah. Um, Stuart's been an awesome mentor for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I got to do a lot of things that I never thought I would do. And it's crazy because in college, I had a hunch that I wanted to work with celebrities. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'll go be like Ellen DeGeneres' assistant someday. Like yeah. that was one of my goals. Yep. <laughs> oh. Just trying to get more Just on screen here. There you go. Um, but yeah, I did not end up being, at least not yet, I have not been Ellen DeGeneres' assistant, mm -hmm. but getting to work with the chefs was a really good view. Got to work on the set of Master Chef a little bit and the guys from Chopped and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a cool peek into the life of Hollywood in LA from kind of a side, right. side so store. <clears throat> you though go from something that sounds pretty lucrative and exciting and adventurous like that to you know what? I'm going to go live out of my car for six months. Why does that not sound like well, It does, time. actually. But <laughs> I would no. say most people on that, that type of trajectory early in their career that you were on would be like, let's go. Yeah. And I remember having these conversations with you. Yeah. So I know everything that you're about to say. Great. But I'm I mean, really at, least, I yeah, like, <laughs> at least share it with them, the listeners. No, John, you were, you were a uh, steadfast, <laughs> you were like my download person. You got a lot of late night phone calls with me in tears. I did. Yeah. Um, I was asleep for most of those. That's cool. She was like, ah. <laughs> oh, she's still talking. Okay. You just say, yeah, every now and then. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're so pretty. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there are lots of reasons. Um, it ultimately came down to, I'd say, three main reasons. One being, uh, they promoted me at one point to be in charge of all of our retail design for basically the whole Midwestern region. So wow. I was working on that. And what I realized was the more I worked on that project, the more I got involved with our sales team. Mm. And ultimately I wanted to be on brand experience, mm. that kind of side of things. And so when I brought that up to my direct report, he was like, well, yeah, that's totally fine. We can do that in like 15 to 18 months. We can switch you over. And I was like, I can't, I can't last that long. I'm already mm. mentally like checked out. Mm. We were talking budgets for like the rest of the year. And I was That's like, right. I know I'm not going to be here. That's right. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I just remember thinking like anyone can do this job, but what am I here to do? That's unique. And I don't think it's going to be clocking out 
clocking in and out from nine to five. Like that's just not going to be my contribution. Do you feel like that was uh, that little seed in you that was growing? That little baby seed. Oh, I named it Geppetto. Geppetto that was growing inside <laughs> you. Uh, maybe I should switch with this analogy. Yeah, Kim. Um, do you feel like that came a lot just from just your own inner fire? Do you feel like it's a lot because of dad's entrepreneurship and example and, I think and that sort of thing? Or there, I mean, there's probably layers to it sure. that kind of all contributed. I remember writing in my journal when I was 16, like in math class, I was journaling. And uh, actually, Mr. Fisher's math class. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure that's where I was writing this because yeah. I remember sitting and being like, I wonder what, who Kit Bear is going to be and who's, who's that person going to turn into? I learned a lot in those classes. They were really Yeah, powerful. that's why I'm really good at math now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Fisher. Um, but I remember writing, like, I'm pretty sure I'll do the corporate thing for like three years. Like, I wanted to have a cell phone and a briefcase and my chai latte. Like that, yeah. that was my picture. Yeah. And I had all those things. Yeah. It took, you know, a lot to get there, but I did. Um, and, and it was actually like three years. It was two weeks short of three years that I left that job. So I did my three years mm -hmm. of corporate, mm -hmm. um, but it was an awesome basis. And part of it also was, I actually went to a Tony Robbins event in Fiji, which that's a different story, but I won the trip there, which mm -hmm. was awesome. Mm -hmm. Went by myself, met some amazing people, and someone there offered me a job. Um, or no, you know what? It was David Destiny. Anyway, it was at a Tony Robbins event, right. and I got offered a job for six figures, like right off the bat, just being like, I know who you are. I see who you are. I want you on my team. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought of leaving my job at that point. But that offer was a catalyst for me to really evaluate what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing here? And the, the people above me, the women who were badass, who were crushing it as like director, director of marketing, director of PR, um, who was, I still admire greatly. I just, I didn't see myself growing into their positions mm -hmm. or into something of that sort. And I realized my job was making me super masculine. I was really in my masculine state and I knew Were they really in their masculine as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is that, I, you think that's a requirement kind of like, or is just like a default? I mean, there's it's, probably a way. Cause I know like Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, which is a billion dollar corporation. She's very in tune with, I feel like her feminine and yet she manages her company really well. She just have to be, like you said, in tune, very intentional with yeah. choosing into it. Yeah. And choosing that vulnerability <laughs> and choosing to create, you know, yeah. a very different culture. Yeah. Whereas uh, Decker's, the company I worked for, Decker's Outdoor Corporation, was pretty heavily male. Like I was on a team, I was the only woman for yeah. many years, yeah. you know? So I kind of had to play the game and I wasn't sure enough in myself to bring my feminine because I didn't know I even had that to some extent. <clears throat> right. Right. I'd been playing the boys game for a long time. Been playing the boys game. You had three older brothers, mm -hmm. um, which were kind of like. Obviously, you looked up to all of us, kind of following our leads. Totally, right? I just want to be part of your crew. Like, but I then even mom and Katie, without dad around, because he was a workaholic and doing oh, providing what he had to do for for us, <laughs> providing yeah. for five kids and a wife, and a dog and a cat and a gerbil and some two fish. guinea pigs, <laughs> two guinea and pigs. Your snake. And I had a snake. Yep, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a lot. it required mom to be in her masculine a lot. It's yeah, just like that was my example. Shit done. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so I think a lot of that uh, 
influence on you was. Yeah. And I don't think women have a lot of examples of, I mean, there definitely are, but a lot of the powerhouse badass women that we see are in their masculine. Mm -hmm. And so it's rare, rare to see someone really imbibing their feminine, but with a fierceness and a strength that doesn't take away from their feminine side. Mm -hmm. It's a really tricky balance. And I'm still figuring it out too, Mm -hmm. but I credit my dance journey a lot to like finding and developing my feminine yeah. Because at, at that time, I remember I was writing down, I had a lot, like, <clears throat> talk about identifying misogyny within myself of not liking women. I didn't like women at all. Mm. I thought, excuse me. <coughs> I thought, like, femininity was manipulative. I thought it was martyrdom. I thought it was weak. I thought it was crying um, from a very powerless state. Um, do you think that also, I mean, the times that I saw, I mean, when mom would break and have her threshold moments, that's kind of how it showed up. Yeah. Right. And then I had a best friend growing up who was really like conniving, really. Yeah. Yeah. She lied a lot. She manipulated boys to like her. So like those two examples just didn't, I was like, if that's what feminine is, I don't want it. Yeah. It's kind of like mom, mom really wanted to be (laughs) feminine, but because she was, <clears throat> the CEO of, of running the family business. Um, yeah, that type of family business, not the family business that, that dad had, that the only time that she dropped into her feminine, just kind of like surrendering was in that, from that place of just like hitting that emotional. I'm done. Yeah. Break. Yeah. Breaking point. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I don't know if dad was really necessarily, and, and no, no offense to dad per se. He just was running from his own his own stuff. demons and his own challenges <clears throat> and, and also building his business and everything else and not necessarily focused on creating a, a soft place for mom to land. You no, know? I don't think family culture was necessarily his yeah. top priority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas mom was all about it. Right. But yeah, I think just learning that <clears throat> I wanted, I knew that if I wanted to have a partner someday, I, who said it? Well, they're like, you need to make sure that you're not being more man, more manly than the man in your relationship. And I was like, hmm. Difficult because a lot of men are very feminine, feminine, yeah. passive yeah. and you know, <clears throat> insecure in that sense. Yeah. Right. So you have to be more insecure. <laughs> and martyrdom-ness. Yeah. yeah. Which, which just for clarity's sake, we're not talking about actual, you know. Manly true. or womanly. Yeah. No, like, fem- like, you're feminine. It's not weak. No, it's not martyrdom. No, no, that's no. like the the shadow side of the feminine. Right. Right. Yeah. And finding through dance, I felt like I finally have found a femininity that is strong, that is centered and grounded. Mm-hmm. It's expressive. It's in their flow. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a much more intuitive kind of sense. Um, not so much like in their head. And, um, and I really like that. So that's one thing that dance allowed me to explore within myself and start to really develop. And that's kind of what I'm writing my second book on. Spoiler alert. I have another book coming out, but oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. is <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> like using dance as this kind of vehicle to help explain some of these things, the masculine, the feminine, the lead, the follow that conversation between you and your partner, you and your business, you and the universe. It's yeah. like, it's all a relationship and right. how you're showing up to right. it. So, so, so rewind a little bit. Cause some people who have never met you and don't know your story at all. So just before you get into the yeah, dance sorry, stuff, cause sorry. we can go down that rabbit hole for a while too. 
which I like to, but so eventually you just decided that that six figure offer. Six figure offer was to do commercial real estate in LA. Right. Didn't want to live in LA. But it just provoked. <clears throat> I didn't want to just chase this shiny object all the time. More money or more. Yeah. Cause right. I'm, to be honest, I'm not super money driven. Um, and I knew if I just kept chasing the shiny object of whoever gave me the highest paycheck, I wouldn't actually figure out what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. Like that could totally work for some people and that's totally fine. But I just had a nudge that I'm more than the nine to five and then I have something else to do. So that's kind of when I was like, all right, I think I need to remove myself and figure that out. And that's when I sold everything and got in my car. And the idea the was to find yourself. The idea was just to. It was initially when I quit my job at that point, honestly, I was like, oh, I love cooking. I love paleo cooking at the time. I didn't realize I was using cooking as a coping mechanism, but I was. Um, and I thought I was going to do a tour around the US, visit farmer's market, go and be a woofer, right. a wild or a wilderness, oh, not woofer. A woofer. <laughs> that stands for something, but there's like a organic farming thing where you can go and volunteer at organic farms a wanker <laughs> wanker wanker a woofer yeah i don't remember what it's i called. can keep going down that <laughs> and i won't um, i appreciate that You're welcome. <clears throat> good choice um but i was initially going to go to like farmers markets and uh and then these were getting volunteer and then do a book on how to eat healthy, but do it on the cheap. Right. Um, and then, so I started Santa Barbara. The overall picture was Santa Barbara to San Diego, across and down to Miami, up to Maine, across to Seattle and down. By the time I left Santa Barbara and I got to Phoenix, I knew I didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then the panic attack started. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Right. And I could only hear like my former bosses like voice in my head telling me like I'm not doing enough and I'm not good enough and blah 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 um and uh yeah I remember falling like I hadn't had a panic attack before but I had several nights of panic attacks where I couldn't breathe my heart was pounding yeah. um and those didn't stop until I got to Dallas mm. and I stayed in each place a little bit so anyway I ended up staying with over like 80 family and friends it's amazing it was awesome. I wrote yeah. a lot of thank you notes <laughs> and didn't pay for a single night of lodging on that whole six months of driving. Which Very was, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Which is testament to the your ability to create, you know, deep friendships and quality, yeah. you know, quality friendships all all around the country and all around the world, really. I mean, yeah, some people I didn't know that well, but they were very sweet and generous to open up their homes. Yeah. I wish I had a montage. This is something like <laughs> talk about going back and getting content, but like I wish I had a montage of each person who handed me the keys to their house and was like, okay, I have to go to work, but here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Just like so much generosity, so much openness. Trust. And yeah, I mean, granted, I am like a white female. I don't pose much of a threat. And I understand that, but there is something to be said of like, I built up trust over lots of years. So I was able to quote unquote bank off of it mm -hmm. for this trip. And it was incredible. Um, and the trip did turn into like me finding myself to a large extent and yeah. figuring out like, oh, okay. Dance is probably something I do want to pursue. I was super scared to do it, yeah. but that was the nudge. <clears throat> so okay. I, I moved to Dallas after that to. You moved to Dallas and you started getting into West Coast Swing. Yeah, I was already into it. I was not four pole years dancing. Into it. No. 
Although you did do a little bit of that. I have done it a few times. In yeah. Maui. Uh, Maui and then other places. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, hey. Don't tell me about those other places. <laughs> it's very athletic. <clears throat> I have a lot of respect for pole dancing. Yeah. It's even more challenging when you are eating and dancing. That's impressive. Which I thought was where you're going to go with that book. Yeah. Traveling the just, country. Just put learning. all the things you it's love like together. A, it's like a paleo pole dancing blog. Mm. You know? That's a niche that has not this been. This is an amazing meal to eat while with you're one spinning. hand. Yeah. It doesn't fly everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Smoothies. Yeah. 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 Just have to think bigger, Molly. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been on the, the West Coast swing. I've been on the West Coast swing train for over 10 years now. Which is amazing. Yeah. And you now are a pro. I guess technically, yes. I get paid to teach. Yeah. And sometimes I win things. For anyone that doesn't dance West Coast, <clears throat> would look at you and be like, yeah, you're a pro. Oh, you pro. shit, girl. You pro. <laughs> Actually, I was in a bar before when bars could be open. <laughs> and uh, I was just talking with my friend, Ford, and we were like chatting. And then as we're walking out of the building, this woman and her husband come up. And the woman is, or the, the husband was like, my wife and I have a bet. Are you a professionally trained dancer? And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess so. And the wife is like, see? Did she recognize you? I guess just from like the way I moved. Somehow it was, it looked, and I don't, I wish I had had the, the wits about me to be like, how, what, huh? Was that how you opened the door and like spun around it? And, like, yeah. And I probably like hit a line. <laughs> Like, I'm here, everyone. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess I don't look like a normal pedestrian person anymore <laughs> in no. the way I move. You're a white, privileged white dancer. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Facts. Facts. It's true. Kind of is. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I am a trained dancer, technically. Yeah. I started in hip hop. Mom put me in a bunch of those little classes with like the tutus and the yeah. things. So I yeah. did that when I was younger. Yeah. Hip hop in high school and college. And uh and I just knew I loved performing and I randomly stumbled on West Coast and uh I remember my first scene of it. I was like this is the dance I never knew I always wanted. Like my, I know my body can move like that. I just haven't learned how yet. But I'm I loved it. And I love seeing women especially actually one of the weird things was that i walked into this room actually here in denver mm -hmm. at the turnbrine and i remember seeing older women probably like 50s 60s maybe 70s excuse me and they were moving in such a beautifully feminine way mm -hmm. and they were sexy and they owned themselves and they were graceful all things which i didn't think i had at all mm -hmm. um i remember verbatim thinking i do not have a sexy bone in my body <laughs> like this is just not yeah. me yeah. um but i remember seeing those women and i was like shoot if they can do it at their age yeah maybe you could do it by I their could, age yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> there might be hope 50 for me years yet. later yeah no so yeah so it was really it's been a journey. I don't think I would be who I am. I, I would not be who I am without West Coast Swing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So well, and, I, and I'm talking about with a lot of guys that they need some sort of masculine, you know, activity. practice. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why I just enjoy lifting and sports and going to the gym. Totally. And, you know, mountain biking and hiking and like just even being, I mean, that's what brought me out here to Colorado was that. 
that lifestyle. Yeah, that masculine energy of the, the mountains, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's totally valid. I think everyone should have like whether your core is masculine or feminine, whichever, find something that like supports that mm. and can help you bring it out. Cause I think we all have it. And to the other side, I did CrossFit for many years. That was one of the ways that I got my masculine energy out. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to have within myself just a good like channel to bring out both. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, let's take a quick uh, pause to, to get a notice from our sponsors. Yeah. For this next segment. Sounds great. Water. This segment's sponsored by water. Great. So thanks, Molly, for that first segment. I would say um, let's let's do another intermission real quick and, and tell me, and then I will tell you, what is one of your funniest memories of Johnny? Hmm. Funniest. Or most memorable. It could be the worst, actually, because there's plenty of those, too. There's so many. <laughs> The most inappropriate. There's a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. I do. Well, this is not like the funniest, but this one, when you said inappropriate, this is what came to mind. Oh, gosh. I won't use the words that you were used. <laughs> no, please do. Please do. So I was walking into corporate work back in the day, and I was on my phone, and I walk into the into the building we had been talking on the way to work so like our conversation was normal and then I think you could hear me like scanning my card and going in the building and you're like oh you're at work and I was like yeah and then you just start saying the most inappropriate things to make me laugh <laughs> and I only remember one of the things which I'm not gonna say on your podcast but it was very inappropriate mm -hmm. and then I couldn't stop laughing so then I just started like I go to my cube and I'm like giggling and there's like Justin and Sazia from the next room like what's going on it's like nothing my bro oh, nothing yeah. um that that happens a lot actually yeah. Yeah. like Thanksgiving table with Dado telling stories and you would like lean over and Say did, something just so that I could hear it and no, no one else be, could. No, there would be times when you're across the table. Oh, that's true. And I would say boner yeah. or penis. Or sex. Or sex or something <laughs> like that while everyone's talking and no one would hear me but you and you would choke on your turkey. <laughs> and you look at me like, did you just literally say that that loud? And no one and heard keep you? Eating? <laughs> yep. Well, because you'd also start with like, hmm, boner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad yeah. that's the topic you yeah. chose from yeah. that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you? Which one? Yeah. The Thanksgiving? Exactly. The time that you tied oh. Dan Schneider's shoelaces. Oh, my gosh. I was probably eight. Eight years old. So, yeah. So, our older sister was on a choir tour, I think, and that's why he was there. I don't know. I ended up working with him later in life. But oh, yeah, that's right. That's, I think that's right. I think it was from their yeah. um, choir. <clears throat> I forget what it's called. Anyway, um, so we were having Easter dinner, and Dan Schneider, who I think is great in real life. Shout out, Dan. Hey, Dan. Um, he's a tall guy. He's, he's a solid man, and maybe 6'2"-ish. I think he's at least seven foot. 
Probably. He's so a, imagine he's a tree this of a man. <laughs> tree of a man. Of a gor- he's a gorilla. <laughs> he just loves gorillas. He's- that's cute. Anyways, go ahead. Um, so anyway, so we all have Easter dinner around a big long table that we used to is do. It Easter? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Thanksgiving. Oh, was, I'm pretty sure it was Easter. It I don't think matter. it matters. It doesn't matter. There is still <laughs> Jello with the like weird things inside of it Correct. on the lettuce leaf. Ugh, never, who never eats like lettuce stuff. with Jello? Ugh. So anyway, I finished my dinner probably at the kids' table, which is next door. Um, but I just thought it would be fun to climb underneath the table. So like mom got up to take dishes and I'm sure I like scooted under there. People probably saw me, but didn't think anything of it because I'm just a kid. So I'm under there. Maybe I'm younger than eight. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I'm just like sitting under there, like looking at the table and there's like little things to look at. But then I realized like, Oh, Dan, who I didn't really know. I was like, he has shoes that can be tied and I think one of them had like a lace that was a bit untied so I was like oh this will be fun I'll just tie them together I didn't really think about where this was gonna go a testament to the brain of a child you know just uh, in the present moment just loving life doing Making what I do. magic moments yeah that was fun for me tying yep. those together yep. Yep. and then I kind of forgot about it and I ended up leaving because I got bored and no one was they were just chatting yep. left I'm on like the other side of the house near the office or mom's room, mom and dad's room. Yeah. And then I hear this major like thud and the whole house shook. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was mom who was like, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so scared and I scooted into that little bathroom by mom and dad's room and I locked the door and I did not come out until everyone was gone. Yeah. I was so scared. I that was, was well going to get something was happening to that me. Was well done. Thank you. Yeah. Another great memory, really great memory, which I'm sure didn't leave any residual trauma was when we left you at Target. Oh, it was the, uh, Ventura. It was Venture. Venture. Yeah. Like pre-Target. That was pre-Target. With like the black and white logo. Yeah. But in my mind, it was was, was Target. It was Venture. Venture. Yeah. It was the Previa. (laughs) So yeah, no trauma, but it probably did shape in my entire life and I still haven't made a man. Yeah. but it's like fine yeah um but yeah that's we were, a, we were driving we drove away well that's the thing because we all went to the car you got in the front seat with mom or like your front shoes driver i was trying to get the sliding door open but it was a new previa yeah and it would it was super like it took a lot of strength to open and right. i was small right and so i couldn't get it open and you guys start moving and i'm like holding on to the door <laughs> as you're dragging <laughs> must hold on and then i just had to like go and like watch you drive away yeah and be like well that was fun having yeah. a family and then we're driving home and you know of course mom and i are talking and then she's like molly you know get out from out of there and get your seatbelt on it's not safe you know because she thought i was in like the way way back she thought right? you were in the way way back correct but then as i like started looking you know because the the glass was curved you could see the reflection and i could see I'm like mom i don't think she's back there she's like what so she had me like cry molly back i'm like molly's not in the car <laughs> and we were a good five minutes away oh yeah i watched you like go down the street and turn and i just remember like standing there crying yeah i was probably like four or five yeah <laughs> and uh this sweet old lady sees me in the parking lot as oh, this tiny gosh. child mom and uh she like takes me inside i don't think we didn't have cell phones. We didn't even have a car phone at that point. Yeah, I don't, or maybe I feel, we did have a car phone. 
Yeah, it was, I mean, that, it was, was, that was early 90s, right? Yeah. Or like 90, 91, 90, something yeah. like that. I just, re- I, I, if I remember correctly, we came back and you actually were just standing out there holding her hand. She was in, you were in, <laughs> she was in tears. No, you were in tears and she just was scowling Sleeping. at mom and mom was so embarrassed. You know? <laughs> like, uh, it's hard when you have five kids to keep them all oh in line or in or in the car yeah at all it's amazing it's amazing we all made it how many times did mom leave without us you know for school granted that that one time i remember when she left and i was like mother <laughs> i got on my bike and i beat her to school oh so then i was out there playing what's the what's the game oh the tether ball, ball. Tether ball. as she pulled up and she just looked at me like <gasps> and i was like Hi. of course as i was were. like sweating through my school <laughs> clothes like <laughs> fuck you mom showed you yeah ha ha pedal fast yeah I'm or the one time she couldn't find the car keys and so we had to walk in the snow to school yeah that was fine and then she found them like as soon as we got to school of in course. the couch of course yeah kind of difficult to keep track of five children true and i'm sure we were not helpful we probably put the keys there or something <laughs> like knowing kids yeah like this is a fun game yeah yeah, I ended up just hiding a lot and hoping someone would miss me. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, that was. Let's see that, if anyone noticed. I think that's why we got accustomed to like calling you and you'd never respond to coming out. No, because I, well, also my thought process. It, I mean, I think it's genius. It is. Is genius. that I was usually getting in trouble for something because I was. And then I figured if I hid, then. If I was gone long enough, people would be so scared and upset that they lost their sweet Molly, yeah. right? Distraction tactic. Yeah, that by the time they found me, they'd be so much more like, oh, I'm just glad you're here. And yeah. they would forget all about that <laughs> nasty thing I did to someone. We would find you just like asleep under your bed often. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it got tiring. Like, you there was only so many places that you could hide. Speaking of, I mean, we're on this tangent. Um, Did you sleep underneath my bed last night? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe. No. Uh, do you remember when you locked me in my uh, my trunk for camp? I was packing my trunk, and you always put the bedding in first, and you were like, you can't fit in there. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I can. So I hopped on in, and then you're like, but it won't close. And I was like, yes, it will. Shut. And you're like, yeah, but it won't lock. And I was like, try it. Lock. Duh. Padlock. Yeah, do do. Yeah. And then you're like. Okay, bye. And I was like, wait, no, no. <laughs> yeah, none of those things are traumatic. No, not at all. And then I just fell asleep in there because I was like, well, I'm here. Oh. oh, also, you rolled me up in a carpet and left me there. Also, I climbed, well, somehow I got into one of the big recycling things. And then you sat on the top and wouldn't let me out. These are all payback for what I got from Pete and Katie. Oh, interesting. Pete. So it's like generational. I was like hurt. in the middle. So it's just like, I learned from that's you know, true. getting teased and being offered all these and things. And then who and do I tied tease? up to trees and then he'd leave or he t- would be like, look at my fingers, boink. You know, so then I'd go to school blind and crying all day. <laughs> do, you remember, my eyes out, you know? do you remember when you put me on a forklift and then raised it all the way up and then left me there? Totally. I feel like there's a theme <laughs> going on here. Put you in harm's way and then leave you there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no wonder I cry alone great. at night all the time. <laughs> great, great brother. Yes. This is great. Somehow yeah. we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. Bonding. Like, bonding. We did have a lot of fun playing lava game. That's true. Yeah. I still think that was the highlight of our childhood. Yeah. Yeah. You never won, though. I mean, 
I got so to close. say, I'm the winner. Oh, yeah, right. Sometimes. And then I would get tackled. Yeah. <clears throat> good times. Good times. Good times. That was a good trip down memory lane. Yeah. So getting back to dance. <laughs> yeah, let's go back. <laughs> oh, let's, let's take another break for oh. our next sponsor. Our next sponsor. Yeah. Cold water. Internet. Um, thanks, of Internet, things. for supporting us on this next segment. No, for real, though, <laughs> you pretty, pre, again, pretty ballsy. We were hiking in Tetons. The Tetons. I call it, I say the Tetons. Le Tetons. Oui. Which I believe is French for Le biscuits. Tétons. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? We oui. supple biscuits. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we were just hiking by some grizzlies. Oh yeah, we came within like five feet of that one. No big deal. That was, and then we sang all the way down and yeah. clapped yeah. to make sure we would be alive. That was a little bit. Uh, that was hairy. Disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah. But it was worth it. Totally worth it. Lo- that we, lake was beautiful. We lived through it. <clears throat> but we were we were talking about relationships, I think. Probably. And you were a little frustrated, like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm not finding quality and this and that. Oh, that's right. And I was like, like same yeah, patterns. Like, Breckenridge is like, it's a mountain town. I don't know how much quality. A lot of lost boys up there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot so, of just like perpetual. I remember thinking to myself, or I think I asked you, I was like, okay, you're however old you were a couple of years ago. And I was like, doing the rocking chair test, mm-hmm. if you look back on your life from, 105 years old thank you what what would you potentially regret not doing at the age of 30 something that you haven't done yet and you said i want to i would want to have said that i sought after my professional dancing career yeah yeah um and you also had another dream of living in a tiny home yeah which really connected you with our childhood it did well. Boxcar children and small spaces and falling asleep in small spaces. Yeah. yeah. Nooks. Yeah. Exactly. I love me a good nook. Oh man, you love to nooky nook in nooks. From what I understand, word on the street is word on the street. Anyway, going on. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I challenged you. Yeah. I said. Well, yeah. You basically said why not, and I gave you a bunch of excuses. Yeah. And then you slowly like removed them and said, well, you wouldn't have to do it that way. Like you do have a choice in how you operate and to, to do. Yeah. And I remember just thinking like, why don't you find a partner, a dance partner that you can count on, yep. you know, I was just making stuff up and like, and, and have him move near you or you move near him. So you guys can just dance all the time, all the time <clears throat> and see what, what that might look like. And maybe just give it one full year. Yeah. So last year. <laughs> so that was last year. So that was, but right before that, that was, so you decided to move from Breck, was, which was difficult because you had your. I had my little community there. Little community there. And yeah. You were skiing 50, 50 days a year and <clears throat> good life up there for sure. Yeah. Right? It sucked to dance. I had to drive an hour and a half down to Denver on Highway 70 through the snow sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's not, that's That sketch. was not ideal. That's not ideal. Um, but but yeah, go, that was summer of 2018. And. Just within the next four months from there. Yeah, I made it happen. You made it happen. You found a, a buddy of yours, mm-hmm. right? 
kind of connected. He lived not far, just in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. So you packed up. We had a couple of meetings. Yep. Yep. And you made it happen. Yeah. And you traveled how many weekends last year? Uh, close to 30. It might have been more than 30. Close to 30. Yeah. So you, hus- <clears throat> you hustled your side gigs, mm-hmm. your side hustles mm-hmm. to keep that dream afloat, to do whatever you can. Because I remember you saying like, I have like $30 in my <laughs> account. Yep. And I don't know how I'm going to get home from uh-huh. this trip, right? Yeah. But then you would like win. <laughs> I just won $250. Holy shit, you know? And then I'm like, I can get an Uber home. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and pay for a meal or two. Right. <clears throat> so you definitely hustled that. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was it was incredible all year long. And credit to my dance partner who would like, uh, pimp is not the right word. Pimp. <laughs> pimp you out yeah but no he would add he would encourage people to take private lessons with me um Uh, and it would come at like the right time where i'd be like i don't know how i'm gonna pay for this next flight but we have to be there to compete and then someone would buy a package from me and i'd be able to use that money directly to pay for the next flight so literally my people in salt lake like helped me fund last year to make it happen which was awesome yeah, pimping out would not be the right not word. the right term, but he was really good at you know <laughs> encouraging people. And to... that big purple hat that he'd wear, and the cane, <laughs> and the and Cadillac the that he'd drive in, like yeah, it's weird. That, yeah, I mean it's a stereotype for a reason, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but um, but that was really cool, and it it came together every time. It was crazy. I would not know how I'm gonna make my next thing happen, and it always did. What what was some of the bigger takeaways from that year of? Um, because it wasn't I know like injury and oh my gosh <clears throat> lack of awful. sleep and stresses yeah and never and being home because you're kind of a homebody too I am like pandemic has been great I like being home yeah. um but yeah I mean we got in so I moved to Salt Lake February first moved into my tiny home. And I had two weeks to kind of get set up and settled in. And then we did nine weeks on the nine weekends in a row Mm -hmm. on the road, which it's such a first, first world problem, but like, it's, it's so draining in so many ways. And I'm like like an introvert. You're being a professional athlete. Yeah. Yeah. It's physically and emotionally. Cause when you're at these weekend events, like you're on and there's so many people that I love seeing. So I'm just like very like out there and extroverted. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I come home to rest up, but I also have friendships in Salt Lake that I want to foster. And, you know, I'm, I was trying to date a little bit, which ultimately I was like, I don't have time for this. So, but I would come home and I would have to go to the laundromat to do my laundry because I didn't have it. Um, I'd have to cook and prep meals and grocery shop. And this was like between Monday night and then Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So I really felt like I was just home Tuesday, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and then I was folding putting everything back in my suitcase and going again. And James and I would be practicing all of those days so that we'd be ready for the next weekend. Right, right. And then getting coaching so that we could be better, hopefully. But it's pretty cool, again, though. I I don't think you would have ever been up for that type of commitment and that type of adventure had you not quit your corporate job. Oh, totally. Traveled, like you traveled around the country just seeing that 80 people opened their homes to you yeah you kind of entrusted the same type of process to knowing that even though you didn't have the resources you were resourceful true correct yeah because so many people say that like oh i could never do that i have to do this like yeah if you could consolidate 
all of your expenses all your expenses all of like and just have a very small footprint yeah but really go for it yeah that's i yeah i to some extent i just the excuses are always going to be there and i can either have excuses or results right. and so it's up to me to be like all right well what do i not want to regret later and it's been interesting like this year not we it was kind of sad because we were kind of picking up momentum we were starting to get hired we were hired to judge in south korea and in albuquerque and colorado and oregon and it was like oh this is happening it's like really for real we're on staff at all these things and uh and then coronavirus hit and yeah. then everything got canceled this year of so I've had to kind of mourn that too and give myself space to like, okay, so this was going to be our breakout year. Plans are obviously changing. Yep. I don't know how it's going to affect the trajectory, but I'm just going to, my mantra now is like work on what I can right now. Like that's all I really can control. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think it's, it goes to the whole of this podcast for me, which is like, I'm going to share with you the things that I've learned and hope, hoping that, the listeners can get some nuggets that they can apply yeah. to their lives, you know, yeah. because this is life, which is, you know, you think you have this certain trajectory and then you lose your job, yeah. you know, or someone dies <laughs> or someone dies or someone walks out on you or, you know, you break your leg or a global pandemic, right? Yeah. Like that's just going to be life. And I think a lot of people have put their lives on pause. To I mean, I was tempted to, too, yeah. to just be like, well, I'll just wait until we, push play again right but i mean it's very much like west coast swing and that like the leader initiates the momentum and i'm sure the leader thinks like oh okay i'm moving her down the slot this way with this much speed and this much energy and he thinks it's going to go a certain way but then all of a sudden she throws in a variable whether she creates a shape in that turn or yeah, whatever yeah. and it totally changes where he was going to go <clears throat> and it's so interesting like you can tell leaders who in the dance who are not okay with variables being thrown at them and those who are. And it's really cool when those who are, and they basically just say, all right, bring it on. Like, what do you got? And, oh, okay. I love that shape. Oh, I'm going to take that arm and kind of move her around here. Oh, we're going to turn that into a dip. And like, it becomes this whole new thing. And sometimes you come out and you're like, how did we just do that? That was awesome. Right. And that's kind of how I've been thinking about like, okay, so this is our change in trajectory. And if I'm able to say yes, and this could be really cool right. if I just kind of like lay down and I'm like, well, I guess this is it. Then I think we both know where that's going to go. Right. Well, what a great metaphor for relationships for life and all that stuff, because you say like, yeah, it's interesting to, to support your cultivating your feminine. Mm -hmm. Right. Which you said earlier, which is like, yeah. And then I, I, you know, kind of connect with a, a masculine leader. Yeah. Which, which isn't, <laughs> it's true and it isn't right like he may it's like he initiates so he's leading for a hot second yeah until you do something and then he has to listen where you actually are then leading yep by totally. your decision then he has to actually follow you and respond and respond and then pick up something and then so it's a constant dance of going back and forth between leading and following because you're not just constantly following no. You're constantly creating as well. Yeah. So you're ebbing and flowing between the masculine and feminine all day long. So is, so is he. Yeah. Right. Ideally. Yeah. Right. There's Otherwise, the guys that get egotistical about it and say, no, I want to lead. Right. Those are not probably, fun not, people to dance they're with. They're not great to play with. Right. Mm -mm, no. Or to dance with. It just, it's like, and if you think about it as a conversation, like 
he says something and I respond and then he responds. Like we're going in that way, but there are some leaders and there's some followers too who just talk the whole time or shout the whole time. And you're like, dude, like also give me a breath. Like I need to, Ooh, you can't just spin me the whole time. Um, or like dictate every single move of mine. Like that's a dictatorship. It's not a co-creation ship. So yeah, if, that's that's ideally the thought is like I'm I'm now looking at my life as so much within this dance metaphor of that intersection between dance and life and using dance as this like metaphor to help me kind of elucidate various aspects of my yeah. life and and dating too and like all these different things that it's like all right if I go and I'm just looking to connect versus trying to get my agenda across like I'm gonna have such a better experience without trying to anticipate and create a certain outcome yeah. if I'm just connected and I see where it goes. Well, let's talk about that a little bit just to, to wrap things up and talk about relationships and what, what have you seen versus what I've seen and the difference between masculine and feminine. And yeah. that's, I mean, I think that's a concept that people are getting more familiar with, but then there's some people that aren't familiar Never. with that yeah. at all. Yeah. You know? um, can you explain the, the masculine and feminine from your perspective? In, yeah. In 10 seconds. Okay. Ready? Go. Um, I guess to me, the masculine, um, which can be men or women or bi or trans or whatever. Um, it's just that we all have masculine and feminine energy yes, to express. Yes. Correct. And so the masculine energy to me is very outcome oriented. It's very driven. It seems more linear. It's very focused. Feminine energy is a little bit more like, um, like water. Like it'll flow. It's strong, but it's also very tender and it can, you know, it can be- I love this idea. It can bend to the will of a finger, but it can support an entire ship. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Like, that is the feminine to, the, to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all need both of it. But I also think we each have a core that is usually resonant with one or the other. There are probably a few people who are either neutral or somewhere in the middle. Sure, but sure. Yeah. I, I refer to it as with like you? a hard wiring. Yeah. I'm more hardwired masculine. Mm-hmm. That's where I prefer to go you know, when yeah. I feel alive and excited and yeah. that sort of thing is when I'm actually in my masculine. Yeah. Did you say that you're... I am now. I was hardwired, quote unquote, to be masculine because that programmed. was safe. You're hardwired to be feminine. But oh, you're true. programmed, yes. right? Conditioned. Yeah, Conditioned, whatever. whatever like saying. it felt safer to be in my masculine because it wasn't <laughs> vulnerable. I wasn't going to get rejected. Like my feminine, if I was there, it felt like, oh, well, if I'm there, I'm more vulnerable. And if I'm rejected when I'm vulnerable, that hurts more. So if I just stay in the masculine, I can't be rejected. Right. Great. Problem right. solved. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, at least to me, I look at dating now as like a Jack and Jill competition, which in our dance, Jack and Jill is when you're, you already know this, but um, when you're paired up with someone randomly, you rotate the leaders and the followers, and then you land on someone, you introduce yourself. Musical chairs. Musical chairs, but mm. someone always, well, usually you have a partner, and then they play a song and you dance. Yeah. And you don't plan it, you don't talk about it, you don't choreograph anything, and you don't even know the song. Right. So it's pretty much... Dating. Yeah, it's dating. <laughs> it's, it's improv, improv in your movement, right? Yeah, right. So to me, and, and the way that I approach those Jack and Jill competitions... Everyone has their own like routine to get in the zone and I have my routine and I feel like I've started treating dates as Jack and Jill's. So I'm not putting pressure on this and like, you have to be my marriage partner. It's just like, I'm here to create a good connection. I want to see where you are. I want you to see where I am. And the more I'm anchored in myself, I'm 
the more I'm grounded in who I am, the easier it is for my, my partner, my dating person to understand where I am and to adjust. But if I keep kind of, which is what I did for a long time in my dance career, I just be like, where do you need me? Oh, I'll go over here. Oh, you want me? Like, I was just always trying to guess what he wanted and be that for that. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was just a shapeshifter. I wasn't actually, yeah. yeah. So like the, I've, I was so scared to kind of ground myself and kind of hold my center. But I found that when I actually did that and I let myself take my time and be patient, he actually knew where I was all the time. Mm. Our communication was so much better in the dance and so much more clear. And all of a sudden we understood where we each were mm. and uh, vice versa. When I have a leader who's like barely there, I hate it. Cause I'm like, I can't, you're not, you're not a variable I can actually work with because mm. you're always changing. How does that show up uh, using that analogy and in, in relationships that you've experienced? I've been a lot more uh, clear with who I am and what I want, not in a like dictator way, but just like, oh, yeah, I don't like that. But that's cute that you do like that. You're totally whereas before I'd be like, oh, well, I could see how that would work. Like maybe I could be this or like, oh, you like that music too? Yeah, sure. I do too. It's like just tell me what you like, just be you yeah. unabashedly. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like, uh, it doesn't have to be super direct all the time, but it can just be calm and confident and I don't have to prove anything mm-hmm. and I don't have to come out with all these whistles and bells and like tricks. It's like, I'm good enough as I am. And if you stick around, you'll get to know that I'm, I have a lot more to it, right. but I don't need to go and show off everything all at once to prove to you that I am good enough. Right which was also how I used to dance. Right. Which I think is how a lot of people date date. Yeah. Or show up in marriages. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I like to think, I mean, the way that I see it a lot is like, (laughs) just because those it's easy for people who are married to be like, Oh, we got to figure it out. Yeah. You'll get there. someday. You'll get there someday. When you, when you have kids or when you're married, "Mm, just because you're married, just because you have a ring or a, a signed, you know, marriage license doesn't actually mean that you're, exemplifying something that I want (laughs) to, I want to follow in suit, you know? So I think that's uh, important to look at and and it continues to go back to that whole idea of being intentional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What you want intentional about healing your, because we all have our wounds Yeah. so that we don't show up as a, a chameleon because guys totally do it. I totally have done it in the mm. past where it's like, Oh gosh, like I feel insecure. She's so beautiful or whatever. Then I got to, you know, and then I have no true North. No. Right? And she can feel that. And that's not a stable partner. Right. Yeah. Right. Again, and all, a lot of it comes from, from that. And, and then people who are married even or in a long-term relationships wonder where the spark has gone, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of it still comes back to these unhealed wounds. Yeah. Right. Well, and just the, the spontaneity, like even in a dance partnership, like if you dance with someone enough, you get into a rut of like, oh, well, he does that move and this is how I respond. Predictable. Totally. Yeah. And I noticed once I was uh, filming my dance partner in a competition and he was dancing with an incredible follower and he led something that he leads to me all the time, but she took it and she brought it into such a different, she turned it into a ride, which basically like he moves around her and she spins. Mm-hmm. But I had never thought about doing that before. And I was like, cool. oh my gosh, I'm missing out on, on other aspects of this dance if I throw in other variables, but that's on me. Mm-hmm. I had been playing victim to like, oh, he's not leading moves that create new things for me. And it's like, no, that's, 
I can do that too. I can bring newness so, to this. Right. Like takes takes two people to yeah. really be have that conscientious uh, commitment to keeping something fresh. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's new. not easy. Like you have yeah. to turn your brain on. <laughs> <laughs> And like show up, which right. I had not been at that point. And so right. it was like, oh, okay, I need to bring yeah. something back to the table. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's on all of us to kind of make that a, pro- a Absolutely. process. Absolutely. Otherwise it does become, and then we just, you know, you start going through the four R's of, you know, a, a failing relationship and you start resenting that person because they're so predictable Yeah. and they've been doing this for years versus looking at like, well, have you changed at all? Have yeah. you really, have I you thought? Know, um, Can you bring a resenting, then repression, and then rejection? Are you going through them? Yeah. Oh. I was hoping you would help fill in the gaps. No. First, first is uh, resistance. Oh, right. It just shows up as like, oh, uh, like a grading. I love that you did that, but I'll let it slide. Yeah. You don't and say. It turns anything. into resentment. Yeah, that builds. Repression. You don't say revenge. Anything. Revenge. I thought there was a rejection, but yeah. maybe not. There's a rejection. There's there's a couple different versions. There's of all the R's. Rejections or revenge, which could be like I'm rejecting you, or mm. it's the same. T- it's just different. Different syntax. ways of it coming yeah. out. Yeah. I'm like I'm going to. I'm going to withhold you, love. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you sex because I resent you and blah blah blah. Yeah. And stuff. It's, that's revenge. It's resentment. Or True. It's, uh, rejection. Re- rejection. It's yeah. <clears throat> whatever the case. Or you didn't show up the way I wanted you to, so I'm not going to give right. you right. good energy. Right. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, really, really fascinating. I want to thank you. Well, I thank you. Thanks so for having me. For coming by. Thanks for being my brother. Thanks for my being bro here. from uh, the same make sure row. You clean your room. Thanks, mom. Do your dishes. <laughs> yep. It's really special. Yep. Appreciate you. <laughs> and if you ever hit me, I will hit you back 81 times 81 harder. times harder. That's why I don't hit you anymore. That's a good thing. It's natural consequences. Because I've gotten stronger and stronger over the years. <laughs> Don't, don't I'm not do going to do it. Do it. I'm scared. You will and cry. mom is not, well, will, she didn't protect me anyway. She's like, honey, will. you heard him. That's natural consequences. Natural consequences. I learned that from a young age. Yep. Don't yep. mess. Don't mess. Don't get in the fire. No, don't get in the kitchen if you can't stand the heat. Don't, there's, don't, don't step on the toes of the, the of cooks. A hand that feeds you. Yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> so if that's all you get from this podcast, write that one down, folks. You probably have no idea what we just said because we just screwed up all it's of It's the- sibling language. Like, we're just on a different level, you guys. Oh, man. No, thank you. Good times. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks for coming and visiting. Thanks for being a champion. Thanks for being my favorite of, of, of all my females that I've had on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. <laughs> and being tied for being my favorite sister. That's too nice. Out of all. You're the best middle brother that I could have asked for. I'm still an older brother, though. But you're the middle. Yeah, but I'm still an older. I will always be older. You're my favorite older middle brother. (laughs) Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Till next time, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we hope we didn't just waste an hour of your life. And if you did feel like that, Welcome. Email Molly at mollyking.com. You, you don't even have that email anymore, do you? No, but I have mollyking.com. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. 
It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.